Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. Here comes the Rocket from center. Passes the blue line. Moves it on goal. Shoots. He scores. Henrik scores. Henrik Sedin on the power play, and it's 3-0. Tries a wrist, and he scores. Quinn Hughes with his second of the afternoon. It was the power play which ended up costing the Vancouver Canucks. Elias Pettersson gives the Vancouver Canucks a power play goal and a 2-1 lead. It's an eight-game point streak for Brock Besser. And the Canucks have scored on their last three power plays. It's 4-0. Welcome to a special weekend edition of the PP1 podcast, where we're going to try to talk about the Canucks. We're going to try to talk about hockey. But uh, we're probably just going to start talking about, like, the WWF or something like that. Boys, welcome to the weekend. It starts here. Brady, you're first up. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, first of all, Ryan, WWF, yes. how old are you? Uh, old enough to call it that. <laughs> it's been WWE since, like, what, the year 2001? What if he was talking about the World Wildlife Foundation? Actually, I don't even know what year it turned WWE <laughs> exactly, but it was somewhere around those early 2000s, man. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? Excellent. Ted, what's up? Yeah, man. We're in it. I don't know. It's the weekend, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't I think we've done a weekend no edition yet, though. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still feeling good. I think the weather's getting nicer. It's windy as shit out here, but there's it's not as cold, so I'll That's take true. it. That's true. I was outside today. Uh, I was at the the good old Rona, not Corona, but Rona, and uh, I was waiting in line as as one would in the times of COVID. And uh, yeah, it was freezing with the wind. I could not wait to get back into the sun portion of the line where everybody was basking in the the beautiful glory of the the rays from above. This is uh, the uh, the Rona thing because you got held up in front of Costco for a pretty long time in one of those nasty lineups did you not that was uh i think that was tuesday so we needed to make a run to costco um for like a two-week uh fill up if you will door frame shopping yeah no i already did that i already got the door (laughs) so uh yeah anyway uh i was told by um a reliable source that costco was closing at six so asked to leave a little bit early that day and uh because i knew there'd be lineups well found out costco was open till like eight so anyway, I get there like 35 minutes, 40 minutes in line before I got inside Costco. It was unreal. Yeah, it was something else. So, I mean, but yeah, the lineup was like it was like 80 meters long and it looped like three times or something like that. Hey? Tw- twice. It looped three times. So you go you snake three times when you get to the loading docks and then you get to the big wall. Anyone that lives in Kelowna will know the layout. And then it <laughs> And then it and it snakes another three times on the big wall before you finally get into uh, into the store. So it was. Uh, I'll, I'll post it maybe online. It was something else. Like I wasn't. You know, I knew what I was in for, but still seeing it and just being there, it was. It was pretty surreal. Crazy times. Have you guys had a That's lineup weird. yet? It's definitely weird. I I definitely avoid anything big box. I'm trying to do all my shopping like small places. Like, I'll go shop at Toilet Paper and try to get it at, like, you know, Choices Market or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I pay, like, 25 bucks for, like, 15 rolls. Yeah. Uh, but just because I'm not willing to wait in a huge lineup like that. But that's but that's me. Wait, doesn't doesn't Choices just have, like, vegetables? No. I don't know. They, they carry It's, like, a basically, like, a health net grocery store. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Brady, have you left the house? Barely. Um, I got a grocery store like literally 100 feet across the street. So I've been kind of going over there here and there and doing maybe a bi-weekly trip to Walmart or Superstore or wherever I can kind of fill up. I haven't been to Costco. Um, the lines just look insane. And they got rid of the samples. So really, that's half of it yeah. right there. 
I mean, I really like the, uh, you know, the dollar sixty nine. Uh, what is it? Hot dog and drink. Fuck pity. But uh, I'm not really willing to stand in line for you know two hours to have a hot dog. They're pretty good hot dogs though. <laughs> the, the, what do you guys like on those hot dogs? The, what, oh, just what do I put on them? Mm-hmm. Mustard, Polish sausage, mustard. Fire back. Oh, we're opposites, Ryan. Fire back two of them. I'm a good to go. I'm like uh, Patrick Mahomes of uh, ketchup world. Ketchup. Ugh. So you eat mustard and ketchup? Just ketchup, man. I love I love the ketchup. Okay, I thought because you were Patrick Mahomes, I thought because. You know, KC does the yellow and red jersey. I thought that meant mustard and. I thought he just loved his ketchup. It wasn't that the wasn't that the thing. I think that's John Garrett. Uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a ketchup and relish guy and extra onions, just because that's the way my wife likes it. <laughs> your wife like tells you how to like your food. Yeah, yeah she like she likes it when I have extra onions. Doesn't everybody's wife like it when they have extra onions on their hot dogs? Absolutely. That's how it goes. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't have a wife, so I'm not sure. Well, you got something to look forward to. Onions. <laughs> there you go. So onions and onions. Should, should we should we talk about things tonight or what? Sure, I don't want to talk about hot dogs all night. Okay. I mean that was that was going somewhere we could probably rank like best five hot dogs, but I probably only can name two, so we can taco about it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. I'll give you that one. Um so <laughs> Being that we're in uh, this... Speaking of tacos... Yes. Sorry, I cut you off. Uh, Eddie Lack. He's done. He retired. Did we, did we cover that? I think that happened... I mean, uh, it was a little while ago, but... Uh... But you had an Eddie Lack interview, yeah. Oh, yeah, me. So yeah, it kind of happened. It was more of a, a Twitter back and forth. Um, he was the only one I didn't get like a, a phone conversation with. But uh, yeah, pretty cool. Um, just chatting him up about his mask and... Um, just kind of where, where his headspace was at when all of his masks were kind of designed. Uh, he had uh, a guy out in Sweden, uh, Dave Gunnarsson, I believe was his name. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's kind of how they got hooked up. And uh, actually, if you go online and like look at all of Dave's masks that he's done for NHL goalies, like the guy's got quite the stable. It's like these mask designers are unreal. They've you know, they get one and they just get their hooks sunk into one guy and then they have like a third of the league. It's awesome. So, but yes, mm-hmm. the, talk, the Taco King is uh, is retired and I'm sure he'll be, uh, honestly, I, I could see him being like a Canucks color analyst or something of some kind with Sportsnet uh, next season. Cause, uh, he's it's crazy to chops. me that he's still retired. I mean, I thought that Eddie Lack still had game, but I don't know. He's still a young guy relatively, especially for a goaltender, like early yeah. 30s. Yeah. I don't know. It seems nuts. Yeah, there's only so many spots too, I guess, right? So, yeah, fair enough. But uh, yeah, I really liked Eddie Lack. He's one of my favorite goalies. Actually, but looking back after you know hearing that he retired, he only played what 81 games in a Canucks uniform. Yeah, but uh, he had a personality though. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. The fans really liked him. Oh well. Yeah. He'll maybe him and uh, Bieksa can uh, team up on air or something. Well, I think just, they're just serving up Swedish meatballs and and Nimbus three thousands. <laughs> Speaking of Kevin BX, aren't they replaying the uh, Stanchion goal tonight? It's on as we speak. Canucks are down with twenty eight seconds to go. Well, what's gonna happen then? Shit. <laughs> well, Mike Gillis looks pretty nervous. Kessler's back. He got hurt <laughs> earlier in the, I think the end of the second. So he's looking like he's flying again. Hopefully they uh, can tie this up. Do you guys remember that feeling when that puck went in? It's uh, well, I was just telling Ted just before you clocked in here, and I don't know. I and maybe I'll we'll go around the horn on this. When they won, like did, and I I have a probably different opinion than both of you. I just felt like they were going to win that game or at least win that series. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. Bxa scores that rando goal, I don't know. To me, it just felt like this was supposed to happen and like this was the next step. They just scored. Tie game. Sort of ruin it. Oh, there's a chance. <laughs> when it when it happened, so I mean, obviously, I thought like, no, like tell me they're not gonna find a way to to screw this up. Yeah. Like, we're gonna get we're gonna get Canuck here. Like, please don't let this happen. And then when we scored to win in advance, it was like we're gonna win the whole thing now. It's guaranteed. 
But didn't you feel like when they beat <laughs> Chicago that it was that that was done? Like that portion was done? I did feel like so the second we beat Chicago, it was real easy to watch the chips sort of fall into place and who we were going to be lining up against. And I mm-hmm. it didn't matter which way I was. I remember looking at it so vividly thinking it doesn't matter who we play like we can beat all of these teams. We're favored versus this team. We're favored if if this team advances. Like I can foresee us walking all the way to the final, and it and it looks like it's going to be a sure thing. Yeah, that was a year where it felt like we were dominant. I you, there wasn't a team out there that we you you were scared to play other than Chicago. So when once we beat Chicago, it was, you know, it was like when Washington finally beat Pittsburgh. You know, nothing could stop them at this point. But uh, you know. And Boston came along, and Tim Thomas, and rest is history. God, that Tim Thomas was so good. Ugh. He was like off the chain good. Like I remember thinking to myself during that playoffs, like the last time I remember watching a goalie look this good in the playoffs was Dominic Hasek. Yeah. Or Jaguar. Yeah, but I mean, it was a different. It was a different era then at that time, right? But right. yeah, Jaguar was Jaguar was so good too. But but Hasek just had this sort of like I mean, he was the dominator, right? He had this weird unorthodox style. And it wasn't this butterfly goalie that you were shooting on. It wasn't some goalie who just looked technically good. He just looked like he was going to beat you by being acrobatic and weird and tough and just like unorthodox to play against all the time. And I remember thinking like, how do you game plan for somebody like that? Because you can't just score on a set play because he's just going to be there. Right. And I remember thinking like, just like it was when Luongo first came to Vancouver, you can't beat this guy. You can't score on this guy. And I, I remember having that feeling watching Tim Thomas playing and then thinking like around game three, game four, like, Oh crap. Like I'm legit worried now. And mostly because of Tim Thomas. Yeah, it was tough. Cause you look and you think <laughs> they were still winning. And I think that was the hard part. They were still winning. And yet anytime that it really, the test came up that you're right. Tim Thomas was just like an absolute wall. And I think that was the scary part. Cause you know, once they went up, especially in any of those Boston games, like that game was over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ryan, you're actually you're kind of looking like Tim Thomas with that mustache right now, you know, with that smirk up on that up with that microphone on his face, you know. He's uh, like he's just sitting back in his chair, saying, back. "I didn't realize that it was my job to pump your tires, Brady." <laughs> <laughs> guys, that's my personal life, and <laughs> guys, Bye, that's, uh... that's my personal life, and I don't want to have to talk about it in front of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird guy that was but back to uh that goal and i remember hearing uh i think it was chris higgins a chris higgins interview somewhere remember he was talking about um how he felt like if they didn't they were they were so banged up at the time the team that they felt like if they could, didn't beat san jose that game game five like uh you know that series would have been a whole lot different you think so i wonder if that yeah maybe i mean they let Chicago back in. What's that? I, well, they let Chicago back in in that series. You know, they were up 3 yeah, nothing. Yeah, exactly, so, right? And then I guess you go through Nashville, and like that was just a dogfight just to even score a goal every game. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, the those injuries to key guys, not just injuries, but you're right, Brady, just being banged up. Like, key guys being nicked up over the course of those playoff series was was tough. And... um. You know, having Lapierre fill in in the Melhotra role over a period of time, I think they would have mm-hmm. they missed a guy like they missed a guy like Melhotra. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, and and obviously missing a guy like Melhotra, then you're leaning on a guy like Lapierre, and then you move one guy up the rung further, and and now you're playing with a nicked up Ryan Kessler, and then one guy up further, and then you know the Zidane Chara is just being deployed nonstop against the Twins, and he's you know, having his way with, with Henrik Sedin and all that depth at center just sort of evaporated in that final. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of came to the forefront, uh, which they didn't have an answer for. They seemed like the more fragile team, the whole series. Yeah. Cody Hodgson just wasn't the guy we wanted him to be. <laughs> just, just yeah, I, oh man. <laughs> he could have scored that, that, that goal ske- steaming down the, the right wing Game eight. in that series versus the yeah. next day, the next year, that would have been, would have been a lot better. Bar How down, much Cody. does that kid look like the actor Liv Schreiber? <laughs> They're he like does. identical. They're identical. Do you yeah. remember Brady? I don't know if you, I can't remember if we were working together when that was happened. I was I was I called him Liv Schreiber. Every, like, anytime <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, you mean Liv Schreiber, right? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I remember that. Uh, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. But uh, I was I was doing this article, and I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with the five best Canucks games to rewatch right now. You know, the whole San Jose game got me thinking to do an article uh, from this season. So, what do you guys think? Oh, what do you guys season. remember? Like, what would you guys nominate as the five best games? Like, is there oh, anything that man. comes to mind you can maybe help me out here? Oh man. I don't know if I was uh, queued up for something like this. Let me let me try to recall exciting moments. Um... Well, I know you gotta have you gotta have the eight two game against LA, the home opener. Yeah, um, that's the, that's the team like that game, right? So that's yeah, that's obviously um, an important one. You definitely gotta maybe the the six five uh, water bottle, JT Miller sniper against Buffalo. 80s night. What was the score against Boston when we played them? 9-3. That's the number one. I was just, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go nice with Boston. That was my number one. So Because that just feels good every time. Yeah, you guys can't agree on hot dogs, but you can agree on games. So that's good. <laughs> it made me realize, though, like, for two ain't bad. there was 21 times this year, you guys, the Canucks scored at least five goals. Like, we were in an entertaining bunch this year. Yeah, because they could score like crazy and they couldn't defend. So it was like, <laughs> It was the best kind of hockey you could watch if you're an outsider looking in, right? Mm-hmm. It's just nonstop shootouts. I guess any of the Nashville games were pretty fun. Yeah, I feel like that late season Nashville game where they had kind of been in a bit of a funk and then stepped up and it was like the clinching. It was the final Nashville game to clinch that power play just being absolutely dominant. Yeah. That was an exciting game for sure. It was just fun to watch. Like who doesn't like a good shit kicking, right? This, uh, do we say the Chicago 7-5 one? Yeah, that one's on there too. That was fun. That was a back and forth. We went up what two nothing, and Chicago got up four two. How about the nine two slaughtering uh... of Vancouver against Tampa? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what game was, was it just recently where where it, I feel like it was like Demko's third or fourth starting game after Markstrom went out, and he kind of had made that statement. It was like forty four saves or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, that was big. That like was a three two. Was pretty... Wasn't it his yeah. last game? Nope. That was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, I don't know. Those are all good games. You could write on all of those games. Yeah, you could turn that and watch, you know, what were the five best games to rewatch and what were the five worst games to watch. <laughs> yeah. Because there was, there, was there was some weird games on the other end of it too, right? For for all those dominance, there was just as many... Collapses. Egg, eggs laid, right? I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what hurt us more, you guys? Was it that that collapse against Pittsburgh, eight six, or was it that collapse against Columbus? The Pittsburgh one was that one hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Same with Washington. Or either of the Toronto games, or what was the other one? Didn't they have a loss against Ottawa too? Yeah, that was bad. That was a bad loss. So I mean, it's the Canucks. Yeah, they're not gonna fail to disappoint. yeah, we were playing against an AHL squad at that point when, when that was just after the trade deadline. So Ottawa had nobody. Mm-hmm. So that would not, but that would not have been a good one to lose. That's for sure a trap game. They should have walked in and won. Right mm-hmm. after they and they won some pretty convincing games before it. Well, not convincing. They beat Boston a few days before. They uh, beat Montreal in OT two nights before that, and then after mm-hmm. just like the embarrassment, then they go into Toronto on the Saturday and get killed again. God bless. The yeah, guys. it was definitely it was definitely a, a teeter totter season, seesaw season for sure. Mm-hmm. It was it was up and down very much. There you go. So and we we'll never we'll never ever get to see if they made the playoffs. Unfortunately, we'd be in round one right now, which is kind of fun to think about. Or would we be? Like, I mean, the mentality was that we would be, but for on the on, I think on the, the I think on the season podcast, you said I think on the season you said they wouldn't be. Yeah. So for the sake of this podcast, it's it's two to one versus making the playoffs versus not making the playoffs. So mm-hmm. we'll just we'll just put it as an as is for topic conversation that we'd be in round one of the playoffs. So speaking of, um, all the leagues are kind of talking about this of potential um, uh, which neutral sites for um, regular season slash playoffs. Um, baseball's talking about completely reworking all the divisions and and leagues and they're planning on doing maybe cactus league and grapefruit league, which I think is actually a really cool idea for one season. Um, 
NBA, I think they're talking about doing some stuff. NHL was, I guess, uh, they've been approached um, by, I think, like Saskatoon, Notre, or not Notre Dame, um, Grand Forks. Uh, I think there's another spot for some neutral um, site games. Let's let's say they come back. Let's say God. That, that just for what are we even talking about? Well, let's just say they come back for a second, right? Let's let's what, just, what's it, coming back? Well, coming, just let them finish. Let me let me finish. So let's say they come <laughs> back, right? And they they allow these neutral site games, which I think is ridiculous. So let's say they get things going, but what happens? They've everybody's been quarantined. They have a little training camp or whatever before, but then one player gets the COVID. Then what? Ugh. Then it's all like they advertise everything. There's all the promotions. There is all the setup, everything that goes into it. And then one player gets it and everything has to shut down. And then it's, and then they basically say, nope, that's it. Like, well, then it's broken. I mean, it's, it's, it's broken at that point, right? Like, uh, I mean, I, I get it. I think that would be really cool. I mean, I would love to see them come back and play, but we know we've watched flus rip through dressing rooms already. I mean, and it's not this flu. This is <laughs> this one's a little bit different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't know how they're gonna. I mean, there'd have to be a ridiculous amount of insurance available for that. Like, if we're thinking about the, all the stuff outside of sport, all the tickets sold, all you know, the cost for the venues, like that would all have to be insured. I'm not sure what insurance company would want to even take care of that, or that'd probably be on a lot of people's ten foot pole list. But I mean, a lot of a lot of huge factors there for sure. They probably have a better chance of going to the Olympics. Probably, the Russian team probably has a better chance of going to the Olympics. <laughs> Good point. So anyway, just kind of crazy that uh, they're even talking about that. And I, I, to me, it just I think we're at the point now where you know what we've gotten by without sports. These replays have actually been kind of nice. But mm-hmm. you know what, like. I, I, and I will be the first guy to be all in when it comes back of, of oh, whatever. Yeah. But you know what? The world needs to kind of get better first. We need to uh, fix this mm-hmm. first and then bring sports back. We don't need to rush yeah, back. It's going to be back at some point. Yeah. They can't even open up the malls right now. Like they're, 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 trying, they, they're talking about trying to open their malls up. Can't do that. They're going to talk about opening league play up again. Like, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't know. Let's, let's, let's figure the, the baby shit out first before we, before we get to the big boy stuff. There you go. Well played. Well played. So, um, speaking of, uh, we're all kind of stuck either at home or in our isolation, uh, zones, mainly our house. Um, is there like a song that's getting you guys through the quarantine? Like, have you dug deep into your archives of, you know, you know, blink 182 or, you know, I don't know who who else blind melon. Have you guys like dug deep down and like found like a song or something that's getting you through? There's Brady? like Brady? this commercial that's stuck in my head. Okay. I, <laughs> I've been watching elaborate. seasons and seasons of Big Brother on repeat. And the same commercial plays like every five minutes. And the song is just stuck in my head. It's so bad. What song is it? I have to mute. I mute it every time it comes on. Now I'm just like mute. <laughs> so we're all it's not guessing. getting you through. You'd rather forget it. But are you gonna tell us, or are you just gonna leave us waiting in suspense? I can't even. I don't even know the song, but it's just like super annoying and super like oh, it's like and then the TV plays the commercial like super loud to like get your attention. Oh. This feels like you're gonna have to go mad. songs of that thing and figure it out. <sighs> I looked it up earlier. I can't. I can't remember what it was. Probably Imagine oh. Dragons or something. Let's see. Maybe Shazam still set has it on here. This is like a, a ongoing ad for Big Brother Canada. So it's a Telus commercial. <laughs> it's, it's a Telus commercial. It's probably imagine. Whose question was this? Who put this question in? Was it, that you? There was me. Yeah. Brady. Oh, it was you, Ryan? Okay. Yeah. I anyway. thought for sure there was going to be some sort of Mac Miller thing coming from Brady. Well, that's I listened to that too. But well, it's not getting you through like that Telus commercial. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I got one. Yeah. Hey, what is it? So I don't, it. I don't know why I've been listening to it, but I've been in like this Beatles kind of, I don't know, zone in the last couple months, even before the COVID and like Blackbird has been my song. I don't know why. Oh yeah. It's so, so good though. Like I could listen to every version song. of it, every live version, every cover of it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's so good. And yet it's so simple. 
you know, doesn't need to crash. And, and, and that version, the, the, the Beatles version? Yeah. I mean, I'll listen to all the other ones, but it seems like I'll go on YouTube and just see like how many different people have covered it. Like Eddie Vedder covered it. That was good. Um, Eddie Vedder's the best. I think Alicia Keys covered it. Um, who else did it? Chris Cornell, I think, covered it. Like it's, and those are great voices too. Like any one of those artists is killer anyway. And then you take a classic like that and put it through. So Blackbird is my call. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of like, uh, like current swell stuff, which is like, a anybody from BC probably knows current swell, um, like Victoria area band. Um, but I've had, uh, creep by Radiohead playing oh. pretty consistently. I've been in like a real sort of late nineties, early two thousands kick with like, you know, Oasis and live and Ooh. Radiohead and, uh, you know, even some old No Doubt and some Sublime and all that stuff um, has sort of just been playing my, I, I obviously I follow like my, my Spotify list, right? So it's like you get into a little bit of that stuff and then all of a sudden they're recommended for you, you list come out. And so you click on those and then away you go and you're in some sort of black hole of music. And right now I'm stuck in that sort of late 90s, early 2000s uh, sort of playlist. That's uh, sort of alternative grunge stuff that was pretty formative back in the day for me you know it's one more and i this one just mm -hmm. blows my mind this uh probably big shiny tunes two here oh yeah holly, <laughs> holly mcnarland's elmo remember that what? one remember holly mcnarland's elmo that song oh elmo? yeah i don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. why and i've i've probably listened to that song like 20 times in the last week like <laughs> it's it's like a, i don't know why like i don't know where it came from i was just like just started humming along and i'm you know, kind of getting ready in the morning. I'm like, why am I singing this song? Brady, I'm sure you have no idea who Holly McNarlin is, um, but no. you're probably going to have to go look up Numb and Elmo. Oh, yeah. Numb's a good one, too. Numb would have been the other big one. Yeah. I don't know who that is, but I learned a lot about Elton John this past week. <laughs> I watched Rocket I, watched I was just going to say that. Good segue. And, uh, <laughs> man, that guy that guy had some, some talent. I, You know, I had respect for him, but like i didn't really know about all of his songs he had a lot more songs than i really knew about pretty ridiculous um, catalog yeah saturday night's all right like man great tune nickelback i had no idea that wasn't that. a nickelback song <laughs> oh man screw nickelback whoa whoa whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't chris faber now we're gonna mute you oh man that's so funny we're gonna mute you for that. Comment. Isn't he always joking about Nickelback or something? Nothing anyway. wrong with Nickelback. Nickelback jokes are by far the best. Let's get real. It's because yeah. they're awesome. That's why they call it a formula, though, right? <laughs> thanks, Ted. Thanks, thanks a lot. But hey, uh, yeah, Elton John, man, respect, good guy. So Brady, um, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, you have to, Brady. This uh, there was a topic that kind of dropped. I think it was this morning. Yeah. And uh, do you want to take this one away? Is it? Uh, it's the end of an era. The, the end of an era. The yeah. end of an era. Can I give a hint? Because we started with a Nikolai cold open. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah it is free Goldie man. Oh. They freed him. It's right. officially over. Like I mean, I think that the second he never made the roster, and then after, especially after that 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 call up and that one shift he had on the on the top line, it was it was quite evident that his time with the Canucks was over and him only signing in the KHL just, just now, now proves that. Right. Yeah. I'm not surprised personally. No, really not much to talk about there beyond that. Uh, or is that beyond that? I think for the Canucks, he's an AHL lifer and he, he doesn't view himself like that. So he's got to play, play somewhere else. Yeah. I think Goldie did a lot of things over his course of the time to develop, right? I mean, he became a better defensive player like they were asking him to. Um, and, you know, it's, it's it's obvious in his his ability that, that it was all there, and he had a good run playing along PD, but that sort of evaporated when mm -hmm. better players sort of showed up on the squad, right? But I still feel like, you know, management didn't want him to make the team in this past season. Yeah, uh, and, and we can just add, you know, Sven Berchi to that list as well. And I don't think that it was. I mean, they, he could have walked last year, and they would have been okay with it, in my opinion. There was there was no trade value for 
the Vancouver Canucks in that scenario. Um, it wasn't going to help Goldie. He still went down to the AHL and soldiered on waiting for a call up. But at the end of the day, I don't think management cared either way. He, they just saw him as a lost asset. And it's unfortunate that we weren't able to turn that Yannick Hansen trade into something um, when he was like such a valuable piece that we moved uh, to other teams at that particular trade deadline back then. Yeah. It was almost kind of as if when they, I'm pretty sure they signed him pretty late, like pretty close to, to uh preseason. Right. If I'm not mistaken. It was a late was signing. Yeah. yeah. It was almost like you need to blow us out of the wall, blow this out of the water to make the team or else you're pretty much, pretty much not going to be playing here. And, uh, Kind of regardless, what, I, what no matter what he got done in the AHL, it seemed like him and Sven Berchi, like they weren't coming, being called up. And that's actually kind of something that that bothered me this season. Um, there were a few times where certain players I thought <clears throat> were depth players were there just for that, you know, and they weren't utilized when we had opportunities to use guys like that. Do you think that maybe mm-hmm. now that he's out uh, in Russia that he'll get the Triampkin treatment and eventually <laughs> everyone's going to beg for him to come back? <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 don't think... Think, yeah, I, think, I think Goldie's a cool guy, right? So I, I would I would love to see him go to Russia and pull an Anton Rodin and win a scoring title or something like that. I think we mm-hmm. all would like to see that. We don't want to see him go out there and suck. And, and if it yeah. results in Goldie getting some sort of callback to come back to the NHL, and pick up an offensive role for a team that wants him. Yeah, man, I, I would be I would be stoked to see that. I mean, we all think he's got the talent to do things like that, right? It's mm-hmm. just a matter of completing your game and putting it all together. Oh, well. I'm happy he's gone. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think at the end of the day, uh, all the best to Goldobin and, you know, what he did here in Vancouver. It was fun to watch him when he played with Patterson, but best of luck to you in the KHL, man. He's yeah, it was just that there. allure of having a, a good, a good skilled Russian again, right? I mean, we've been we've been waiting for that to. Like honestly, it's it's kind of nice to think that, you know, we can stop talking about free Goldie because that was honestly never going to happen, and we can start looking forward to uh, Pod Colson coming along. Yes. Yeah, it could be free pot free Poldy. <laughs> We, we might need to if he makes Poultry. when he makes it. We might have to rename our podcast like the PP Pod Colson the podcast the, 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 the PP Pod Colson podcast podcast that's tough. I can't do that. It's like no, we're gonna not even follow you guys anymore. That's too tough to say. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. So there you go. Uh, end of an era. I don't know what uh, I don't know what Faber's gonna do now. <laughs> He'll be okay. Maybe we should have yeah. a day in morning and raise raise our glasses to Faber. Yeah, we'll have to get him on uh, on the show to talk about it. Yeah, um, <laughs> he'll be all right. Maybe we'll raise a uh, parallel forty nine for him or something. <laughs> He's got plenty. Don't worry about him. Hey, it's Ryan from the PP One Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you guys catch the uh, the Hughes Brothers quarantine video at all? I mean, it was like 25 minutes long. I didn't watch the whole I, thing. but I did not. No, I mean, I've seen I've seen bits and pieces. Obviously, yeah. the... The, the there was well it's there's been a bunch of videos right there was the ping pong game which was pretty funny yeah the Crosby uh, jersey fully fully illustrated Quinn's mood over the course of uh, isolation but uh, yeah the showing off of the the trophies and I mean competitive ridiculously skilled family uh, right up to mom and dad so that's pretty cool but uh, it did seem like they were pretty humble kids right I mean we forget that they're pros, but they're, they're really just still kids at this point, right? They're either very young men or kids. And so it's pretty cool for them that they can be during this time at home with each other, continuing to be competitive with one another. But uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely neat to like give us something to talk about for sure. Do you think Jack would vote for Quinn for rookie of the year? Huh, yeah. <laughs> you think so? Brotherly love, yeah. man. <laughs> Mostly because he knows he's better. Wow. All right. Well, if we're going to talk, if we're going to talk about, the Calder conversation, like you guys, you guys really want to dig dig into it and Victor kind Olsen. of see what we can come up with of why Quinn Hughes deserves the Calder Trophy. <laughs> that was clever. I'm not. Uh, yeah, if you would like to drive it that way, that uh, 
that sounds good. I don't know if it's lock solid that he did deserve it, but uh, he's definitely in that conversation. What do you? Th- is that your opinion? You think uh, he's a he's a finalist, not a not a winner, Ted? I I just don't know. I I don't think that it's locked in to say that that there is a solid vote. I think it would have came down to a really 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 close vote with the hockey writers and anybody who could have voted, right? I think it mm-hmm. works against Vancouver, us being that, like Vancouver being that far out West and Colorado having a bit of the limelight and Kale McCarr. And then, you know, there was a couple other decent players out there that were doing their things. So um, in bigger markets. So yeah, I'm not sure that he was locked in, but do I think that he has just as good a shot, if not better than anybody else that to win that award? Mm-hmm. I think so for sure. I guess at the end of the day, when you have a defenseman who's tied for fourth in league scoring amongst defensemen, it doesn't really matter if he's winning an award or not. It's, you know, that statistic speaks for itself. I was going to say, like, if he wins or he doesn't, we we know what uh, the Canucks have in him, and he doesn't suck. Yeah, it doesn't change anything, right? No. I mean, it's an award, I mean, and it feels good, but, I mean, it's not going to affect how he plays. I think that's one of the biggest disappointments for me uh, with the season being on pause and, you know, most likely over at this point, the fact that, you know, we're not going to see what exactly he was capable of doing in a full rookie season. Yeah. Was he going to break PD's record? That which was, did, yeah, you know, that was very close. Murray, right? That would have been really fun to find out too. I mean, he was, he was pacing. <laughs> he could have been there. I mean, he would have had mm-hmm. need to have no more bad weeks. He would have had to have a couple of really good weeks. I think he would have been within five. And like, he was closing in on Ray Bork too. And uh, who else was he closing? <laughs> like he was closing in on like, like the rookie record for all time for defensemen. For assists as well. Yeah. So, you know, again, <clears throat> it's an award. And I know, I think the athletic and who else they had McCarr winning that award and rightfully so. I mean, Kale McCarr was an absolute monster. And I think knowing how the Canucks get treated when it comes to awards, you know, speaking of like Daniel Sedin, the year they lost the cup, you know, any, everybody kind of thought it was Daniel Sedin's award to lose, which he did to Corey Perry that year. Mm -hmm. It, it takes, it takes a lot to win an award as a Vancouver Canuck. Um, Loango's another guy, you know, obviously losing out on the Vesna and potentially, was he up for the heart that year too? Yeah. So, you know, it, it, you have to have an outstanding season that everybody can see and it has to be, you know, just beyond of what anybody else is doing for the Canucks to, you know, it, to get that nomination, let alone to win. It's that uh, challenger versus champ mentality, right? Like if you're going to beat the champ, you can't just tie or it can't be close. Yeah. It has to be definitive. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. I just think, yeah, you're right. Good, good point, Ryan. I agree with that. I mean, at the end of the day, the Stanley cups, what everybody's going for. So, I mean, if Ho-Hum, if Quinn Hughes doesn't win the Calder, Brock Besser didn't win it either. And if we win a cup with this mm-hmm. group, no one's going to care that those two guys didn't get, you know, a Calder trophy. Like, does Sidney Crosby care that he didn't win the Calder trophy? No. No. <laughs> yeah, you know you know damn well that Matt, Matt Barzell only wants team success right now. He doesn't really give a crap about that Calder win. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure that's the only trophy that Crosby's never won. <laughs> it, it actually, that's that's pretty much it, yeah. So. Yeah. You know, he did okay. Um, he did all right. So let's switch gears for a second here. Um, Brady, or I'm going to ask, I guess you guys were both wrestling fans current and growing up? Yeah, no, I, I was uh, growing up for sure. Yeah. Not, not so much currently, but I can I can still tell you kind of who's their main guys and stuff. But Ted? I, I, watched, I watched wrestling when I was like a kid, but I, I mean, I just like knew about some stuff that was going on like, you know, in my early 20s and stuff, but I'm not really... Is it just me? Wrestling. Is it just me or do all hockey podcasters, do they all just watch wrestling too? <laughs> like, it seems to be a trend. I don't know. It's entertaining. Hockey's entertaining. Yeah. What's in yeah. the name, right? Yeah. Entertainment. <laughs> well, it depends. WWF or WWE? That's true. Good play. Good play. So I had a question on there that this may fall in deaf ears on Ted's side, but uh, what is the best, and I will use both, WWF slash WWE finishing move? Best or favorite? <laughs> Let's go best. Okay. Uh, okay. In, in real best. life, in real life, what would do the most damage? <laughs> oh, okay. That's a different question then. All right, I'm going with uh, 
Shawn Michaels, Sweet Chin Music. Ooh. Yeah, kicking someone in the face. That would hurt. Yeah. Ted? Yeah, I think I think uh, in terms of most damage, I think that's probably a good one. Sweet Chin Music. Probably the Tombstone Piledriver. Tombstone. Yeah. That's probably going to do the most damage. I think you're actually going to break somebody's neck with that. See, for me. Yeah, but they always squeeze the guy's head, you know, and he's above the ground. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> best, best finisher, you know. It's hard to fake a kick to the face. I probably would have, uh, I mean, you got to have a lot of love for Rikishi's stink face. <laughs> but uh, that's obviously the people's elbow. Come on. The people, yeah. yeah. Well, the people's elbow is just. Do you remember Scotty Too Hotty? Oh, the worm. And the worm. <laughs> the worm doesn't hurt. That was my favorite. <laughs> I, I think for me, I was, yeah, Tombstone would probably be, but I think it's kind of a toss up because they're kind of different versions of almost the same thing. I would say it's a tie, and I'm going Brady here, but only because it's it looks almost identical between the stunner, yeah, and the, and diamond, the RKO. And, no, 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 and the diamond cutter from DDP. Nice, nice. There, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. A, I think the stunner probably does more damage because you could pop someone's head right off. So, there's you know what I think is one of the most overrated finishers? Go for the it. The spear. I don't know. I think that would hurt. <laughs> Would it really though? Getting tackled? Like, are you not gonna be able to kick out after being tackled? <laughs> Ted, what were you gonna say? Uh, I I can't remember. That's okay. I, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, there was like there was some really fun ones, right? There was like the, the ones that probably would have hurt, like those, like the walls of Jericho was like a really oh, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, really a really fun one. Um, you go all the way back. Jimmy Snuka's big splash was yeah. like, or off the that cage. was a super good one. <laughs> and my brother tagged me in a meme the other day, and it was a picture of Chris Jericho, and it was like, if your brother's never put you in the walls of Jericho as a kid, is he really <laughs> even your brother? <laughs> Fuck, it made me laugh so hard. See, before that, in my before you there, Brady, it was the sharpshooter. Yeah, a sharpshooter. Sharpshooter in the figure sharp four. We used to wrestle. Hurt. We used to wrestle in the basement. We had all like the we had a tent trailer, and uh, so we'd take all the the mattresses from the beds and we'd stack them three high in our basement, and then all <laughs> like the we had all like the bench cushions, because um, we had there's like a long bench and a tent trailer and then the two at the table. So we'd we'd uh, put them all the way around these mattresses that were three high, and our basement was unfinished, so it was concrete, and then there's no ceiling, so we still had like all the the joists exposed. So we'd have like ladder match. So I had like a fanny pack. <laughs> so we would, I'd have this fanny patch attached to like one of the braces or something. And then we would set up, we had this high to bed and they had these two like massive, like thick, heavy cushions. So you'd put one at the end of the, uh, one end of the basement and one at the other. Like my parents had a really big basement. So, and you'd have to put both pieces together to make the ladder, but you could use both pieces to hit the other guy. So like my buddy, <laughs> my buddy and I, like we'd go for like an hour and just like beat the snot. This is, this is you and Jeremy, obviously. Right? No, 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 no. But this is him in quarantine, like last night. Yeah. Oh man, we. This is you and Christine. Ladder match. <laughs> yeah. No, like there's a few times I almost we almost knocked each other out doing this. So like, and we, you know, it would just be like all out. And after an hour, you're just like, okay, man, like. We're oh done, my like... god, are you okay? Brady's got the COVID for oh, sure. Oh jeez. Oh no, don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> What's he drinking? What's he drinking there? It's like Gatorade to me. So anyway. The Gatorade we'll... bottle. What's in it? Let's let's Nobody knows. We'll, we'll... Nobody knows. We'll wrap that up. Both of you are wrong and I'm right. Stone Cold Stunner wins. But uh yeah. Yeah, okay. It's hard, tough to argue with the stunner. Yeah. The stunner, I think it's 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 and Stone Cold's just hugely popular. He is he's pretty popular. I mean, it's, yeah. it's Stone Cold Steve Austin we're talking about. Best <clears throat> best finisher is obviously People's Elbow, and it's also the most overrated. So I'll just go out and say, it. <laughs> yeah, and you have the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. And you have to have at yeah. least one elbow pad to pull it off. <laughs> you have to pull it off. <laughs> just knock him down, dude. Again. So uh, uh, I got another one here. Um, I was kind of thinking about this uh, this morning. And I, I don't know why it was the Olympics, but I was looking back at the 2002 and the 2010 Olympic men's, the gold medal games, which one of those games would have had a bigger negative impact 
if Canada didn't win that game for for both the, uh, for both the country and potentially the players on that team? You know, with without digging into all of the all of the ramifications of losing, just the fact that 2010 was played on home soil, losing mm. that game would have been absolutely devastating. So, I mean, we can gotta, talk. Dad, finish Go up. ahead. Yeah, I got to say a million percent home ice, 2010. You think so? <laughs> mm-hmm. Ted, without, how, without a doubt. Ted, how do you think that would have... What what would have happened? What would have been your, your series of events? Let's say Canada loses that one. World War Three. If, if Canada loses 2010, yeah, it would have reset everything from the ground up for how that for how gross grassroots hockey is played, all the way up to, you know, U15, U18, U20, like all of the junior circuit roster and team building, um, right into the NHL for how they're putting the the development camps to, or the 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 player camps together for choosing teams, the way it was structured, just like it did in in 98 in Nagano. When that loss happened in Nagano, it completely changed the way that they selected or went about selecting um, pro squads to play in the Olympics versus the way it was done prior to that. Prior to that, it was like, hey, we're going to build a shutdown line and these guys are going to play in specific roles and we're going to have one skilled layer per, per line and then we're going to have uh, a specific set of centers and then we're going to have the play and then play with the best wingers. Whereas when we went into to 2002, they brought, you know, predominantly the best players that they could possibly bring at the time. And they said, Kareem was going to rise to the top and this is going to, who's going to play on this squad. And it changed slightly when we went into 2010, they decided to bring pairs and tandem together because they wanted continuity to be such a big part of that too. Right. Um, which is why you saw like guys like Seabrook and Keith make the team. Um, stuff like that. So if they would have lost in in 2010, it would have completely reset Canadian hockey development from the ground up for so, sure. So let's just take this one step further for this team anyway. Let's say they lose. How does that affect players like, um, I guess specifically, we'll we'll take a Canucks turn on this. How does that affect Luongo? Well, I Brady? think he's just got to look to Ryan Kessler and ask him. I mean. Ryan Kessler lost in that building <clears throat> as an American. And then he also lost in that building in the finals. Okay. Um, but let's take that a step further too. And going back to our amazing debate uh, last episode, let's say Canada loses and obviously Luongo letting in that goal late um, to force mm-hmm. OT. He comes back to Vancouver, absolutely crushed. And he's not Ryan Kessler. He's Roberto Luongo. He, you know, we, we talked about one of the cornerstones of that team and Kessler was becoming that, but Mm -hmm. you know, as far as hierarchy goes, you know, you've got the Sedins essentially and Roberto Luongo as your, your big three, right? So now Mm -hmm. that Luongo, who has been known to, you know, he had just blown, um, Actually, that was the year that he they blew uh, the series against Chicago. Chicago, for the time. yeah. So he later blew that season. He yeah. already blew it once, right? So what happens then if if Canada loses that game? And maybe I'm going to parlay this to Ted because he's ready to rock. What happens then if Canada loses and then Luongo, um, I guess, becomes the goat again? Ted. Well, he is the goat at, by that point. He's. I mean, this team won an Olympic gold medal and. And there's a very large contingent of people who think that that had nothing to do with Roberto Luongo. They think we won that gold medal and I'm not slagging on Lou because I don't believe that. I, oh, believe I remember that, he that argument. Super, he was a super key cog in us winning, but there's a, a large group of people that would say we won this. No, thanks to Lou. Like we're lucky we got out of it and, and, and Lou almost let us down to a loss. So had they, for, for them already thinking somewhat negatively in that light for all the work that Luongo put in during the, that Olympic run, if they would have lost, it would have been guaranteed the whole thing would have blamed, been blamed on Luongo. I mean, other things would have happened in that sense, but it would have been pretty devastating for a guy to come back from something like that. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, in a sense, almost what the 2011 loss did for him. But it would have happened a year earlier in Vancouver in the Olympics for sure. Do you think that law, if say he would have lost, do you think that would have pushed him further to win a cup the following year? Or do you think that's kind of irrelevant? I don't know. It could have. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, because if we talk about the fact that after they lost in Vancouver in 2008, it's it it changed 
Luongo, right? It made him mm-hmm. more personable. It made him more open. It made him, mm-hmm. you know, let sort of water fall off a duck's back in a sense. And if so, you're right. If that would have happened a year earlier mm-hmm. in the Olympics, maybe he would have gone through that transition earlier. Maybe he wouldn't have been into that stuff with Tim Thomas in the media during that time because he would have been fun-loving Lou versus Captain Serious Lou. Well, like so for, who knows? for a hockey player, I mean, I can't answer this question because I'm not truly a hockey player myself. I'm more of a fan of the sport. Um, I know the debate, like as a hockey player growing up, would you rather win an Olympic gold medal or a Stanley Cup? Um, the debate goes both ways. Um, but do you think kind of <clears throat> when he played that game, um, he got he showed he got experience, right? He got the experience of winning on a grand stage. Um, but and he showed that he could he could, you know, stay and calm and cool under, under pressure, but he totally collapsed the following year in the Stanley cup final. Um, do you, do you think he didn't learn enough from that game or I don't really know exactly where I'm taking this, but what, what I'm trying to say is <clears throat> the experience he had in that game, it obviously helped him in the final, but he wasn't able to use it. He, he collapsed against Boston in the same building, right? I mean, it's not the same. He, he, sorry. He collapsed in Boston, but yeah, but he, it's hard you know, to say. Did he use, like, did that experience actually help him? And mm-hmm. would, would Luongo have been even worse in the Boston series if he hadn't have gone through that experience? Or did we get the best of Luongo at that time? We don't we don't really yeah. know, right? So say he doesn't go through the Olympic experience and uh, one year later they play in Boston and they're out in four and he was terrible. I mean, they took him to game seven. Mm-hmm. All that has to happen is they win that game and he's he's the playoff MVP. So I don't know. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but Roberto uh, Roberto Luongo didn't even start Game One of the Olympics in 2010, did he? No, it was, it was, it was, it was still Broder, and it was the same yeah. with the O2. It went from Joseph to Broder, so it's kind of like the yeah, passing, so yeah. passing of the torch, passing of the torch thing, yeah, for sure. And it's and the Olympics is a funny thing because they try to get all of their goaltenders in games, anyways, so it's mm-hmm. somewhat irrelevant. It's it's when you start getting into elimination rounds, who's playing? That's the games that count. So I brought this up with uh, online on Twitter today, and Matt Baker um, is he still with 1040? No, he's with the Lions now. He used to be with 1040, and I kind of brought this up, and he mentioned that 20 uh, 2002 would have been mm-hmm. the bigger one. Um, and he brought up he brought up a good point, which I really didn't think about, but he says 20, uh, 2002 easily Olympic drought would have been stretched beyond five decades. Plus, it would have been second loss to U.S. in best on best in six years after the 96 World Cup. So he's got a point there. We lose in 98 in Nagano. We lose to the U.S. in the World Cup in 96. And our first chance to go really to put, you know, 96 was something. But I think as far as how the team was built, like you're saying, Ted, in 02, like there's just there's so much talent in the right places, Um, you know, and especially like you look at who was on that team. Like I think. Oh, everyone man. on that team's Hall of Famer. So it's crazy. So yeah. it, had that team lost to the U.S., I think that would have been that. I, it probably would have done the same thing that the 2010 team did. But because at that point, that that drought would have lasted that much longer. I really wonder because then 06 all of a sudden looks. Maybe they don't even look. Maybe they look at 06 and think like, man, like why even bother? Because 06 was the, awful. The- yeah, the 50-year drought thing is kind of funny, right? Because all the decades prior to that, we weren't bringing our best teams to the Olympics. So, I mean, we're talking about bringing overseas pros and college players and stuff like that. So, uh, I don't know if I if I buy in to 100% for how long that drought is because it's not best of Canada. It's just the best team that they could muster up that weren't the best players in Canada. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> yeah. so I do... I do see what Baker's saying there, and it does make sense. And but he is right; it still would have reset expectations. But but it, I mean, I guess yeah. As a butterfly effect, losing that round could have changed the way that they build the roster in 2010, which could have not secured them a cup final. I think possibly, you know, to parlay off this question is, what team would have won in a best-on-best series, the 2002 team or the 2010 team? Well, the both of them had best on best oh like you mean like that no that no oh like oh okay oh that's it yeah because there's a couple guys like like uh i mean iggy is on both teams you know Mm -hmm. marty's on both teams marty's the dude in that squad right passing from Mm -hmm. curtis joseph 
but there's some great players in that decor is insane. It's still it's Chris Pronger, yeah. you know, Jovanovski and yeah, Jovanovski, Foot and Brewer are probably the, the three worst defensemen on that squad. But you're still looking at guys like Niedermeyer and Al McInnes and Rob Blake and ugh, I mean I think, it's it's I think a I take filthy 20, squad. I take the twenty ten team. I think just having I go with 2010 Duncan as well. Keith and Seabrook and Weber and they had Doughty on that team. I think just mm-hmm. more dynamic talent. Like it wasn't as rock solid as the 2022 mm-hmm. team was. Just I think just that veteran leadership was on every single line. Whereas a lot of these guys were just coming into their own at that point and they were all like the best at what they were like. They were just becoming the best. Whereas, you know, you look at O2, Eiserman's basically playing on a broken leg. They got Joe Sackick. They've got Lemieux. They've got Iggy, like you said, Brodeur, Joseph. Like that team was on, both teams were beyond amazing. Crazy. But I think yeah. you look at, at 2010 and I just think electricity wise, I think they probably, I, they wouldn't have run 2002 out, out of the building, but I think they would have edged them um, probably by a goal. The difference between the two teams and, and I think I spoke a little bit about this prior is the the amount of players that had experience playing with each other yeah. on that 2010 squad versus the versus the 2002 squad. But mm-hmm. yuck, man, that would have been that is a crazy, crazy, you know, thought that those teams could play each other. And and I don't know who would have won because yeah, there's some ridiculous players on both those squads, including guys like you know. We forget about guys like Paul Korea and just how good Simone Gagne and Joe Neuendijk was back then. Paul Korea. <laughs> yeah. Talk insane. about one of my favorite hockey players of all time. Yeah. Have you seen what he's been up to lately? Have you? Have you? I saw that video from a couple of years ago of him like surfing and stuff. Yeah, he surfs in California, and he 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 had taken the test. I don't know what the exact number was, but he he had lost like you know half of his half of his recollections and points on on mm-hmm. his uh, on his scoring for like yeah a mental whatever state knowing but um and he's sort of slowly getting it all back and recalling and i think he had had sort of mentioned and stated that you know it was slowing down his life and doing a surfing and thinking that had got him back into a state where he sort of feels good again but what a cool guy man for sure yeah totally he was always one of those players i just really hoped he'd come to vancouver you know kind of from being from the area but mm-hmm. fortunately that never came to fruition and then yeah we got a Korea still <laughs> yeah yeah not the right one do we get do we get both do we get martin and steve korea at some point i think do, oh, i thought boy. we had we had rights to martin korea in training camp or something like that too it's typical canucks hey we got brad richardson <laughs> <laughs> but back to uh ryan kessler yes in the olympics um i don't know if i was it was just me i was i was a huge fan of the guy at the time he was tearing it up um I didn't know if it was me just thinking how big of a player he was for the U.S. at the time. Was it just me, or was he like a really a kind of a fundamental, like a big piece to that core, that state's team? He was for sure, and he was, he was yeah, he he was a a fundamental member to the United States development program too. Like he yeah. scored big goals for the UNDP, like under eighteen and and U twenty squads. So. Yeah, man, he 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 played a huge role in the World Juniors and picking on Canada as well. So, um, yeah, man, definitely he was an important piece for that squad. And and, mm. and you're right. He's kind of one of those guys like you. If he was Canadian, you're not even sure if he makes the team. But and then you know he's one of the best centers on the states. And him and Patrick Kane, they absolutely killed it. He might. Uh, I think he was our version of Patrice Bergeron, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And he was okay. The states version, yeah. He was okay too. <laughs> Still so, is. Guys, I just looked. We're coming up on an hour. So uh, I think we're. So much for half hour. Uh, you know what? You, you forget about time when you're having a good time. So. What um, day is it? What year is it? It is it's, uh, March the March, 11th. Uh, 11th, I think. Yeah. 11th, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you have a couple more questions you want to bang out on there real quick, Ryan? Or are we just. Are we. Uh, we're heading to to our end. You know what? We do have a few, but let's let's. I, I think for the sake of time, and I want to enjoy some time with what I got left of this day. Um, let's save those other ones. I know Brady had a couple in there. Let's save them for next week because they're pretty good topics, and I think they they're pretty weighty. So I'd rather uh, spend a quality amount of time on those if that's okay with you, Brady. 
Yeah, no problem. I, th I think I think those are pretty good questions, so I'd rather leave them so we can actually take some time on them because I think we're probably yeah, it looks like fifteen be or twenty minutes. Few questions for sure. So, um, let's wrap up. Uh, Brady, thanks for coming on. Thanks for uh, being a part of this again. We're all caught up. Uh, let us know what's going on Canuck Way and anything else. Are you still doing your orca pod thing? No, uh, haven't done that for a while. Um, <clears throat> just got super busy. Equipment was kind of malfunctioning for a little bit and just kind of put it, pushed it to the side and then, you know, life got real for a bit. So it's a project that's kind of, you know, something that might be there down the road, but okay. right now I'm just focusing on the writing. Just cool. dropped my 100th uh, article, The Canuck Way. Nice. Well uh, done. Pretty crazy. So that, that felt pretty good. Um, so... Yeah, so I still doing a lot of writing and every article that you wrote, you'd have one. What's dollar. that? <laughs> so if you hit a penny for every article you wrote, you'd have one dollar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, yeah, buddy. Right? That's Excellent. No, it's it's a good feeling. So excellent. Happy excellent. to see, happy to do it and uh, excited to see what the next one hundred articles are gonna bring. And you guys are still going pretty strong at Connectway. Yeah, I mean we're we're pumping out pumping out some work. I mean, we've lost a handful of contributors uh, and I don't blame them. I mean, it's tough to write about hockey right now. Well, there's uh, there's no really hockey. nothing going on. Um, uh, there's days where I'm scratching my head trying to come up with content, but uh, that's what I have you guys here for. Bouncing ideas off you guys. And uh, you know, there's always something to talk about when you're a really a diehard Canuck fan. So oh, it's, yes. it's, it's fun to do and I love doing it. So beautiful. Well, um, stay tuned for anything Brady's got. Obviously I'm sure he'll be hammering out another handful of connect articles uh, in the next couple days here because you know that's what he does he's a grinder um ted what's going on in the next little bit for you nothing man i i'm i tell you what i'm not writing 100 articles i'm working on painting my house right now so it's all it's all putty and sanding so there's no uh the, this is the only thing i got going other than, other than work so i do a work from home thing so it's sit in this exact spot eight hours a day hammer out my stuff and then come on this show so um i'm not writing but i'm i'm pretty active on twitter so as always you can find me at uh at t-e-e-3-r-e-e -E -E. that's t3 or t3re as the kitties say um but yeah man <laughs> keeping it real in uh in the covid times excellent brady where can we find you at on twitter at b k ursel 23 and in case you guys forgot, we have a Twitter account. We got an Instagram account. We got you know Home Shopping Network account. We got you know you name it. Uh, PP one the yeah <laughs> yeah we got a MySpace page. We got a MySpace LinkedIn. We got ICQ. <laughs> we got MSN. You name it. We're all over the place. Um, but yeah, check us out. Rate, review, subscribe, all that jazz. Let us see how the analytics are working. Not in our favor, or maybe they are in our favor. Do the <laughs> Ted's doing the shooting. The Shooting the gun. Teddy West side. This is this is a, this is a serious <laughs> podcast, Ted. Um, and myself, I'm Ryan Hank. Uh, always ninety four. You can find me anywhere that social media is fun. Um, I'm not on Snapchat. I don't do TikTok because it's stupid. Um, except for Kevin BX's, that was awesome. Um, but his uh, yeah, his his Harry Potter wizard, whatever that was. Um, but yeah, check us out on uh, on all the onlines. And, uh, yeah, give us some love, and we'd love to pump out some more con content for you guys. And I think uh, next week is uh, up OPG uh, Platinum, and I will let you guys know about uh, doing our Zoom, uh, our box break. <laughs> people's elbow! Ted, the people's elbow! <laughs> Ted just laid some Rudy Poo candy ass out. So uh, we'll keep you posted on that. And I think we're going to get Jason from Player's Choice on here. Uh, we'll do a, a box he break on that. He looks like there. The Rock, man. He does. It scares me. <laughs> so it's free entertainment. You know what? When you walk around with a guy like that, nobody messes with you. So That's not even true. Until next week, um, I'm Ryan Hank. I'm your host for this evening. Um, <laughs> have a great one, boys. Happy Easter. Yeah, Peace. good to see you guys. Uh, eat some turkey. Have some chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Pray to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> the Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. 
I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.